White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Red Echo, Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. This is a special Tuesday afternoon Locked On Sox. Chris, what's going on with you, Chris Tannehill? Oh, just chilling here. Um, You know, let's call this the Lunch with Lance Lynn series. It's one of one of a special uh, lunchtime edition of Locked On Sox. Hope you guys out there are having a great Tuesday afternoon. So last night, I wake up in the middle of the night, and uh, I I got up, and I I had a big hunk of that French silk pie you left me on Sunday when you came over to record the Joe Colley episodes, which are, uh, episode one is up now, by the way, episode two drops in the morning. Uh, I had a big hunk of that French silk pie, and I go to my phone, I get a text from my buddy Joe, and he says, the White Sox have acquired Lance Lynn for Dane Dunning and Avery Weems. And usually I always say to my guy, Joe, like, why are you texting me these these press releases? Like, I, I see most of it. But in this case, it was the first thing I saw as opposed to going on Twitter because I don't like to doom scroll in the middle of the night. So I, that was interesting. So let's just talk about Lance Lynn for a second before I get your reaction to, to the, the uh, acquisition of Lance Lynn from the Rangers. Lance Lynn in 2020... Shortened season, he went 6-3 and three with a 3-3-2 ERA. He finished 6th in Cy Young Award in 2020. He was an All-Star in 2012, a World Series champion in 2011. He was 5th in wins above replacement this year with 2.2. 10th in earn run average, 7th in whip, 5th in strikeouts, 10th in strikeouts per 9, 3rd in home runs given up per 9 innings, 1st in fielding percentage two years in a row, basically a gold glover. And if you're wondering about Lance Lynn, you're like me, you're wondering like how does Lance Lynn – stay good over these years how has he turned himself into an elite pitcher in baseball he's not on our radar a lot not in the Sox division we didn't see him at all this year in 2020 because of the realignment uh Lance Lynn basically relies on on a a high spin rate fastball and as we all know the best pitch in baseball is a well-located fastball and that's exactly what Lance Lynn does on a regular basis he mixes mixes in a cutter uh, occasionally a sinker and very rarely curveball and changeup, but basically, it's basically the fastball that he's throwing in there. And MLB uh, savant lists him as the 91st percentile for fastball spin rate, so he does it very well. And we'll talk about his peripherals in a second. Uh, they give up Dane Dunning, they give up Avery Weems for Lance Lynn on a one-year deal. Lance Lynn will be 33. Three, I believe in May, uh, 34 in May. They've got one year of contract control, so this is basically it unless they want to sign him to a short-term deal. So what is your thoughts, your your first reactions when hearing of the news that the White Sox have acquired Lance Lynn from the Rangers? When I heard that they acquired Lance Lynn, I was like, let's fucking go. Top of the rotation pitcher, as I was asking for, I think a couple episodes ago, if we're not going to get Trevor Bauer, let's get a top of the rotation guy like Snell or Lance Lynn. Then I was like, okay, let's wait for what's going back to Texas. <sighs> and if you listen to this, you know I'm a Dane Dunning guy. So we both we both are, I think. We love Dane Dunning. 
that just hits hard. It is like I believe that Dane Dunning will be the best of these young pitchers the White Sox have. Cease, Kopech, Stever, Dunning will be the best of them still. And so this is going to hurt. And uh, I had a source tell me that it was either between Stever or Dunning. They got the choice, uh, Texas. Um, and so, they, of course, they chose the guy who's actually been in the majors will be on their rotation. Well, Stever went there for a cup of coffee last year, but um, a little bit more extensive with Dane Dunning and the playoff experience, too, uh, even though it wasn't a lot. So it hurt. I had to sleep on it. So this morning I woke up and I was like, okay, I like it a little bit more because it puts the White Sox at a better – they're a better team today than they were yesterday. And I say you could only win the 2021 championship in 2021. So – and the trades got to hurt. So all the things that I espoused on this podcast came true. It hurts and it's going for it. I love the move now. I'm thinking about it a little bit more. I love the aggressiveness. I love the roll of the dice because they know, I think they know too that Dane Dunny will be coming, especially second year after his uh, Tommy John surgery. Watch out from next year in Texas. But I think this gives the White Sox a competitive advantage over uh, a team in the playoffs. Now we saw a one, two, three with the White Sox. These pitchers were fifth, sixth, and seventh, I believe, in Cy Young voting in 2020, the White Sox starting rotation. So you take a little pressure off of Cease, you take a little pressure off Kopech, and now you have a representative top of the rotation that can probably battle with anybody. Absolutely, and you mentioned it hurting. That's sort of been your mantra on this podcast when you've introduced that into our show whenever we talk about trade proposals, and we certainly got uh, a couple of those uh, you know, tweets last night from listeners. Carlos Quentin Tarantino says, as they say on Locked on Socks, the trade needs to hurt a bit. I'd have preferred Snell, but that would have been hurt a lot more. Lynn sets his team up to win in 2021. Now we just have to hope they traded away the right guy. Best of luck to Dunning. Kopech Cs are still here. Uh, next one, Lucky Neckbeards tweeted, well, lose Losing Dunning kind of hurts me. This trade checks the box with you guys, right? Trade five years of cost control starting pitching for one year of a veteran. Yeah, man. So the listeners get it. We get it. It does hurt when you see Dane Dunning. That It stung me when I saw the name uh, at first. But I will say this. So, you know, you said that they're a better team clearly than they were when they faced the A's in the wild card series. I, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. It's uh, I think... You'd have to be a fool to disagree with that. Even if James McCann walks and you lose Colome, that that's a better team right there in a short series. And I think the one, two, three of Giolito, Lynn, Keuchel, or Keuchel, Lynn, however you want to flip it, that's a pretty formidable matchup for any team to face in a short series, or any series for that matter. Um, the, the one thing that I went back to is why wasn't this move made earlier? Like that would have been a move. And we talked about not giving up too much at the deadline, but that would have been a move that would have benefited the Sox uh, at the all at the trade deadline in 2020, and maybe you could have had Lance Lynn to help you in a short series there. Uh, but one thing I thought about is this: you know, Texas has the regime change a little bit there. They've got Chris Young taking over for John Daniels, and maybe this trade was not on the table in this iteration at the deadline. So yeah, who knows what you? We, there was rumors there, but maybe they asked for a lot more. Uh, and stuff, you know, someone that the Sox did not want to part with. So I have to assume that's the case. Chris Young comes in and says, why is Lance Lynn still on this team with one year left of control? This is ridiculous. Let's let's get him out of here. And to Chris Young's, you know, to his credit, they got a pretty good haul in favor, uh, for Lance Lynn. But I will say this, though. 
you know, banners fly forever, okay? So the number one need has been addressed for the White Sox is starting pitching, and we'll get to the second need here in a second, I think. Yeah. Um, um, I would have preferred that they would have gone out and, and purchased pitching and not give up actual bodies because we saw this year – you know, a better case than any other year previous that you need depth at the starting pitching position. And I know you realistically can't have a whole stable of guys that are starters anyway, and just have them hanging around and, you know, taking up spots from guys in Charlotte who you could use the development. Like you can't just put Ronaldo Lopez in uh, in dry ice for an entire season until you need him. You can't do that with Dane Dunning either. You know, so I, I hope Michael Kopech is as good as advertised because everyone's saying, oh, look at this rotation now. You got Giolito, Lynn, Keuchel, Seas, and, and Kopech. Well, that's, that's pretty good right there. You know, I, I'm not treating Michael Kopech as a known commodity at this point, but Lance Lynn is. You look at the track record, it's right there for you. Now, there's a lot of critics out there of the deal saying they give up too much. Which I understand that perspective. You know, Rick Hahn's track record alone with trades not the greatest. You know, you talk about the the Tatis move alone. You know, some jackass traded Tatis. And then you also have you saw it firsthand with the A series. You had Chris Bassett, Marcus Simeon, Wendelkin, all in the wild card series, helping put an end to your season. So I, I get people who say, yeah, Rick Hahn's track record can't be trusted. But in reality, is you're you're you would love to fleece a team, but you hope that the Rangers have some success with this trade too. You want it to be a good partnership with both teams involved. But part of that is Lance Lynn having a, a really good season in 2021, which I think he will. The The age is a little bit of a red flag for me. You know, it's all a matter of when, but it's not a big financial commitment. Just the one year. I, I love the move because this is a go for it move uh, for the White Sox. So I, I really appreciate the fact that they were in front of it early. They didn't. It's like the Grandal thing last year. They didn't wait for the market to come to them. They set the market, and they were the first team out there uh, making a transaction and not wasting any time and not watching you know other better players go by the wayside. So, uh, so there you have it, Lance Lynn. Uh, and a funny little anecdote about Lance Lynn. Uh, a couple here. Lucas Giolito tweeting late last night. He had the unprecedented three pairs of eyeball emojis after the, after the uh, the news of the trade came out. Um, so that was interesting. So players seem to be on board with this. Uh, and also a funny little anecdote here on Lance Lynn. Um, June thirteenth, twenty twelve. Uh, I quit my job selling cars, and I told my soon to be wife. I said, "You want to go down to St. Louis and watch the White Sox and Cardinals play?" And she said, "Yeah." And that's why I married her for decisions like that, supporting me in a, a time after I quit my job. But I go down there with her on to St. Louis in twenty twelve. And who starts for the Cardinals that night? It's Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn goes eight innings of shutout ball. He beats Jake Peavy one to nothing. Uh, the lone run of the game coming off a home run off the bat of Carlos. Beltran. So that's my little personal uh, Lance Lynn anecdote. But Lance Lynn, a guy that's played for Tony. So you got to figure Tony LaRussa maybe had a little bit of say in this. You know, it's a little bit farther removed, but there's some experience there. But yeah, maybe Tony LaRussa had some say in this. What do you think? 100%. I think he had some say in it. And, you know, I hate to be uh, negative Nancy. That's the role I play in White Sox Twitter, whatever. <laughs> but I'm thinking that. They had this deal, like what they were talking in like August for trades for Lance Lynn. If this was the deal, which I don't see it being much sweeter in August, then why didn't they the, the trigger why wouldn't the trigger pulled back then? It was needed. I'm As saying. I said, I didn't want it to happen because I wanted them to keep the team intact, especially not for a rental, which it turns out to be. You could have had a Lance Lynn for two more months. 
than or a month and a half more than you have them now for the price of Dane Dunning. If that was the price, it just doesn't make well, sense to me in my, that regard. I, I, you know, I think that they they wanted much more. Uh, because you're in the midst of a pennant race, and also they probably don't make the deal because you need Dane Dunning to get you through the rest of that season last year. That's almost like that's that's almost a lateral move in terms of just bodies. I know Lance Lynn is a better pitcher than Dane Dunning, but you still need a certain number of guys to get you through the year. And you saw what happened uh, in in that Oakland series; like they still needed as many pitchers as they could have. And I think losing Dane Dunning last year in particular, just in a vacuum, I don't know if that helps you a lot. Just even if you get uh, Lance Lynn for him, and you may argue, oh, Lance Lynn can pitch more innings, but uh, you know, I'm I'm not sure about that. In the in the the large scheme of it, I don't know how many more innings he would have given you. But I think if you would have make this move last year with these ex- uh, same players. I, I don't know how much that helps last year's version of the White Sox. I mean, it, we have a third starter. We like instead of I don't even know the rotation in that regard. But instead of Dane Dunning starting that and having that haphazard start that we had, we have either Keuchel or Lance Lynn starting that third game in Oakland, and then we win that game, I believe, and move on to play the Houston Astros, who I think we could have beat too. So. It gives us a little bit more playoff experience, gives us a taste of winning, and maybe a taste of disappointment if you reach to an ALDS or ALCS and then bow out. Like, oh, yeah, we know how how to get there. Now we have the horses. We know that we can compete next year. I mean, it's this year is that way, and it's a little bit longer season. So I think about, you know, the 34-year-old guy maybe arm breaking down. So it's a little bit more of a, a risk to get them for the same price. Maybe I don't even know what the trade deadline, the trade was, but it seemed like it would be this deal or somewhere close to this deal because Dane Dunny, while I miss him, isn't any great shakes. I think he's barely in the top hundred prospects. He's, he's the Sox, I think fifth prospect in their organization. So he's not like, you know, Sox are selling the farm to get Lance Lynn. Right. And so this is uh, a move I think would have been I would have helped it would have helped them in the in the season in the season of 2020. Now I'm famously known for wanting to stay pat, but I'm also just a fan. GMs and presidents and owners have to be a little bit more aggressive if they're trying to win the the World Series. So to answer your question before, this seems like Tony La Russa pressing on Rick Hahn and them saying, oh, yeah, you, I did see you guys talking to Lance Lynn. I had him in St. Louis in 11 and 12. Pretty good pitcher. You guys should go and pick him up type of thing uh, and pressing on him. And then the, the pick we had or the signing we had later, which we will get to later, also seems like a Tony La Russa pickup because the way it ended here in Chicago, all the beefs, that second thing is, woo, it's a tough one. Oh, I hate it. God, I hate it. All right. Why do I hate my team? Why? All right. All right. Let's just get to it. I'll cap the uh, the Lance Lynn discussion just by saying I, what my larger point is. I think the Rangers probably wanted much more. I'm sure they wanted Kopech as well uh, to, to make the, the deal happen, which, you know, I, I don't, that definitely doesn't help the Sox. And why, why you know, get – Lynn at that point and give up a King's ransom when you could get him for a much more feasible deal in the offseason. And maybe that was the goal 
all along. Maybe they knew they were going to eventually part with Dane Dunning, and that's why they showcased him so much. But I think my, my larger point, although communicated very poorly by me per usual, I think they probably wanted a lot more than just two pitching prospects and one major league ready guy. I'm sure they wanted Kopech in there as well. So I'm just speculating here, but you have to think uh, what the, the, some of the, the rumors of what guys were asking for in the short season last year that they wanted much more from the White Sox. All right, the transition here. The, this, they fill one hole. The White Sox fill their, their biggest need in the starting pitching department. I hope to see some uh, some relief help coming in here, but obviously the one glaring hole was right field, at least from an offensive uh, perspective. Nomar Mazar was an utter failure. Uh, Adam Eden has a great glove, but they needed someone to be out there every day, preferably a left-handed bat. And Joel Sherman of the New York Post covers baseball tweeted this earlier today. The White Sox have been viewed as one of the few teams willing to spend this offseason Put, say, Michael Brantley and Liam Hendricks on their roster after Lynn, and you might have more than just a team to beat in the AL Central. So that surprised me, saying that the White Sox are going to be one of the teams willing to spend. And it turns out today, Herbie, uh, they did spend a, a little bit here. Um, <laughs> uh, they spent a lot more than money here, in, uh, I think in our opinion. Uh, I won't speak mm-hmm. on it in your behalf. But uh, Chuck Garfine uh, tweeted this. Uh, He's the first person I saw tweeted. Uh, I don't know if he broke the story or not, but uh, White well, Sox. Of course he did. That's the reason why. White Sox in agreement with free agent outfielder Adam Eaton tells NBC Sports Chicago it's a one-year deal for seven million bucks with a second-year team option for eight and a half million. Now Adam Eaton, of course, so uh, on the team for many years, a Gold Glove winner, uh, but not specifically beloved by teammates uh Todd Frazier you can look up that beef on YouTube that that they had relatively recently uh you know Jimmy Rollins all that stuff and of course you know whenever you mention Adam Eaton's name you have to mention Drake LaRoche because that was his guy lost a leader in Drake the kid was so tremendous um you know Go ahead, Herbie. Have at it. We talked about this just the other day, didn't we? Like, I rather yes. have Adam, the other Adam Engel, out there every day with a good glove and a minimal bat, or you know, high upside bat, uh, than have Adam Eaton back on this team. Like, this is, you know, they take one step forward, a gigantic step forward, by improving the rotation today, and then take a half a step back uh, by acquiring a guy who, yes, is a World Series champion. Yes, grindy, scrappy player, uh, tough player, but hurt a lot. But ultimately, this is a move that we just preferred that they would not have to make with so many other good options available for right field. It just, like, reminds me. It's like last year. Like, we start off so hot. Great. Yes, Monty Grantal. Awesome. Man, we're in the house. Then you hear the rumors. Like, you're talking with J- Joel Sherman. Like, man, the White Sox are Liam Hendricks. Maybe Michael Brantley. They're in the house. They're doing real big things this week. And then you get Nomar Mazzara. I mean, and then last year, you know, we've played it. Uh, reference to it a couple times to, oh man, the White Sox might be getting Marcelo Zuna last year. Mm-hmm. And then Rick, ha, 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 did I have a senior moment? Ha, 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 ha. Uh, uh. And then they go and get goddamn Nomar Mazzara. And we knew that was going to be a disaster from the beginning. Ooh, he's 25, guys. He's 25. This is the worst. This is worse than that. Like, I don't not put any stock in his 2020 stats because I really don't think it was a real season. All right, well, so, let's, let's go over him. So uh, he was a negative war player. He was a negative point nine yeah. war player, 159 at-bats, 36 hits, four home runs, hit only 226 uh, for an OBP of 285, uh, slug just 384. That's not really why you have him, though, with an OPS no. plus good for 76. Uh, so a really down year after being a really uh, uh, a key cog in that Washington Nationals championship team of 2019. Yeah, it's just like – 
why? Like, there's like, we would literally rather have Adam Eagle in right field playing 150 games than Adam Adam Eaton playing 150 games. We've been there. We've done it. I'm good. This is the old shit. This is bringing Yolmer back. This is the old White Sox. This is the losing White Sox. That's how you do half measures. You go and get a guy that no one's looking for. No one's checking for Adam Eaton. Why are we jumping the market for Adam Eaton? Why? It doesn't make sense at all. Unless Adam Eaton's going to be a fourth outfielder. Perfect. But you're paying him $7 million to be a fourth outfielder. That's a lot of money. This tells me that he's going to be the starting right fielder day one. And if I know Tony La Russa, fucker's going to be at the top of the lineup. He should be at the bottom, maybe ninth, to turn the lineup over. But I yeah. know Tony La Russa. He's going to look at Tim Anderson. Oh, you don't walk? Cool. Adam Eaton walks. Put his punk ass up there. He bunts, too. And he steals, too. Just um shit like that. Can we just get great players and put them on the field instead of this half measure as shit? Is Adam Eaton a good right fielder? Yes. Can he hit a little bit? Yes. But he is a destructive force in especially the White Sox clubhouse. We've talked about it. Ask Miguel Montero. Ask Todd Frazier. Ask a lot of players. Ask uh, Jimmy Rollins, you've referenced. Ask any beat writer that has a real honest moment about him or her, about Adam Eaton, his time in Chicago, maybe even Arizona. And you'll get a real answer. So this is garbage. I don't like it at all. 100% I don't like it. I'm putting it down. I do not like it. And I don't know one White Sox fan that's not water carrying that does like it. Yeah, I don't see how you could like it when there was a, a better bat out there in Michael Brantley, who also hits from the left side and is one of the the, the classiest guys in all of baseball, one of the more consistent guys in all of baseball. Yes, he's got injury issues as well, but obviously it's not a factor to you if you if you you know get to acquire Adam Eaton, who's had his share of injuries. But I'll say this: it's my job here to play devil's advocate. I think yesterday was the a four year anniversary of the Adam Engel trade for for Giolito. Adam Engel, yeah. What did I say? Uh, I'm Adam Eaton. Eaton. We, we both said, said Engel. We, that's why we'd rather have Adam e- uh, Engel here in right field. So yesterday was the four-year anniversary of the trade, uh, arguably the best part of, of re- the best recon trade in the rebuild, maybe you could say, trading Adam Eaton away to Washington for Giolito, Dunning, and Ronaldo Lopez, right? So mm-hmm. it's four years ago to the day yesterday, and now he's back. So you, you put that... 2016, Adam Adam Engel's 28 years old. Uh, four years have gone by. He's 32 now. I'm just gonna. I, I'm just thinking out loud here. I don't know many people who are the same guy that they were at 28 as they are at 32. So all I can say is maybe he's evolved a bit as a person and matured. I didn't hear much about him coming out of the the, the Nationals clubhouse when when you're winning. Um, and maybe this speaks to the point that we talked to Joe Cowley about, about having guys in the clubhouse where people can can root against and conspire against and you know just having different personalities. I think for a, a team that was really in flux and a half-assed team in 2016 where you're trying to like rebuild on the fly but also trying to plug holes with veteran guys who have been around and have done things and got skins on the wall in MLB, maybe a 28-year-old Adam, Eden, Adam Eaton is not right for that clubhouse. But maybe he's a little bit better off for this clubhouse, which has already been to the playoffs without him. 
and is pretty much set in their ways, and they have a manager at the top who can nip these things in the bud. Not saying that Robin Ventura couldn't, but obviously that clubhouse was a shit show, so maybe Robin Ventura didn't really have the clubhouse in order, uh, you know. But I'm not putting this on Robin Ventura, but maybe he's a, a better guy now and a different person now. All I care about is if he can go back to being the on-base guy and the and the solid glove guy that he was for many years. His 2019 going backwards here, 365 on base, 18, 394, 17, 393, 16, 362. I mean, he's been a solid on-base guy his whole career, and last year was kind of an outlier in terms of that. Again, you could throw these stats out the window for 2020 in a lot of regards, unless they're good, and then we'll happily tout them like with Lance Lynn. But yeah, I'm just I'm just hoping uh, that. He's a different guy, and this group, there's going to be a lot of guys operating in their own cliques here, I think. You know, with, with the whole Tony LaRusso thing, it seems pretty divisive. We still haven't gotten to the bottom of the Tim Anderson thing and his social media blackouts. We don't know what's going on there. Uh, Rick Hahn will, will likely speak once these deals are finalized because, you know, we've got to pass physicals and all that. But, yeah, man, uh, it's just frustrating because – the White Sox are the darlings of the baseball world this morning. When they acquire Lance Lynn, everyone's talking about the White Sox get putting themselves out there, win, you know, go for it now, win now mentality. Then they acquire Adam Eaton, which I think the name carries a little less weight around the league, and like it's not as weighted as it is here if you're a White Sox fan. So it's kind of disappointing, and it feels like this is. I think I called it on this podcast. Like Adam Eaton is a guy that that's a Tony Larusa guy right there. Like a, yes, a, you did. Yeah, I, I'm like, sure we can find it somewhere. I don't though. care. So. I, I, I'm pretty sure I said it, but yeah, this. So we called our shot here, and it happened to be true. So you know, Tony Lewis is a Hall of Famer. I hope he's right on this one. I hope he knows what he's getting into. I'm just, I, I, I this isn't started yet. Not even close to being started, <laughs> and I'm already dreading it. It's the manager's a shithead. <laughs> the the right fielder's gonna be a shithead. Uh, I don't need them to be my friends. I don't need to be great. I mean, I don't need to be great to me. Let's let's put that there. If Ad Meaton goes out and balls out, excellent for the team. I don't think he will. I think he's been showing a steady decline since his highs of uh, being a Washington National when he first got there, which is a natural decline of any player. And we got a player in Adam Engel that I think might be better. I think that Colin Whitechurch just tweeted that out, and I was like, yes. Adam Engel is better player than Adam Eaton is right now. I would rather have him play 150. Absolutely. And it's like we're paying him to do 140, 150 games next year. And that is just – it's just so backwards. We're just going in the wrong direction as a team. I mean, it's known that this guy just doesn't get along with people. And this have a young, fun clubhouse – and he's going to try to come back in there and act like he owns the fucking place. And if he does, Timmy's going to put him in his place. Yeah. Jay Leader's going to put him in his place. And I I just put out a tweet. I'm like, when the first time that Timmy steals off Adam Eaton? I, I feel that happening early <laughs> in, in spring training. Just Adam's going to be talking shit, and Tim's going to be like, man, that's enough, and just knock his ass out. And I don't want that. I don't want my team to be fighting. I want my team to be winning. Hey, you can you can fight and win at the same time, but I guess from a baseball perspective, this move is still a head scratcher. This isn't like a super bad guy with un, with unreal stats, and you're just like putting it in the hands of your manager to to handle it. This is a guy who's maybe his best days are behind him, and you had better options out there on the table. I'm just thinking out loud here as you as you put together the lineup in your head. Do you think they think they have enough bats as it is, and maybe they move Eloy to DH 
you you put Engel in left, Eaton in right, and all of a sudden you have all world defense in the outfield, and you go for the run saved aspect of that. Do you think maybe that's in play here? They have England. I mean, you said you have England left and yeah. Eaton right. Yeah. Ugh. No, <laughs> please no. <laughs> I'm just no. Yeah, if you're gonna move it, yeah. Eloy, if you're gonna move Eloy to DH, you better go and get Michael Brantley. That better be the move that you're moving Eloy to DH for that move, not for Adam Engel or Adam Eaton. Yeah, that I'm not saying I'm. Yeah, off. I'm I not mean, for it. I'm just saying it. Yeah. yeah, no. I, if you're gonna do this move, where okay, we're gonna improve our off-field defense. Let's go and let's go and uh, just stay stationary with Eagle and Eaton and the corners. No, that can't work because the left fielder's got to have a little pop. And while we love Eagle now, doesn't have enough pop to be playing uh, 140 games into left field. Give me Michael Brantley. Doubles for days. Go put a couple over the fence. Go get on base. Like that's the perfect guy. That's the guy that we need on this team. If you're gonna sign Eaton, you better also sign Michael Brantley, or you better sign. Uh, George Springer, which I, it doesn't make sense to no, do. No, they're now. not. Yeah, they won't. As, but that's just it. Just irritates. <laughs> that's frustrating. I mean, you could still you could still sign Michael Brantley. He, theoretically, he is a left fielder, and they could say, okay, we got right fielder and left field take care, of, and then put Eloy at DH. I'll be like, hey man, I'm fine with that. Yeah, like, I don't. I don't Michael Brantley. You, got a, top, you yeah. got a top flight pitcher, and you got a top flight free agent. And this Adam Engel thing is just a throw-in. Mike, yeah, Michael Brantley is not an elite defender in right field. Like you know, so I don't know if that works there. He works better in left, in my opinion. So maybe that is on the table. But I worry. This is I, I'd be a lot more okay with this if they if all these guys you know fell by the wayside and you know other teams just outbid the Sox, which I wouldn't be happy about. But I would like to have seen them explore other options first, other than just being like, "Yep, Adam Adam Eaton, first guy, you know, for first day, really, second day of the winter meetings. That's our guy right there." That's what I have a problem with. It's the process again, uh, and going into this. But uh, that's all we got here. Um, later on tonight at midnight, we've got episode two of the Joe Cowley interview, where he shares some just top notch stories. Juan Uribe, Mark Burley, Ed Farmer stories. I went back and listened to the Ed Farmer story again. It's so damn funny. Uh, we miss Ed a lot. But Joe Colley just sort of breaks down what it's like to cover the end of the Ozzie Guillen era, share some fun stories along the way, uh, tries to convince us to be a Steelers fan. Uh, you know, So far, they're 0-1 since that. But it's not on us. We didn't jump on board yet. Um, but real quick here, uh, join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia Sully every day on Locked on MLB for a unique look at the majors, both past and present, featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from the Locked on MLB Network's team of local experts, and insightful analysis on the day's biggest stories. Locked on MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talks, so Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. And real quick here, we don't have enough time today because there's so much news going on here. But just a real quick uh, rest in peace to Dick Allen. I do want to explore his White Sox career and what he meant to the White Sox of that era and fans of that era at a later date, maybe later on this week. Um, I've already started doing a little bit of research and collecting some some opinions and thoughts from people and uh, generating some of my own. And just anecdotally, I didn't see him play. My father saw him play. Always raved about him. Uh, but uh, you know, one of the only few MVP winners in White Sox history, man. So he's he's got to get his due. And Bill Melton spoke about him at great length during a conference call yesterday so i'm going to share some of that with you later in the week as well but i I did not want to let the show go by without mentioning uh the great dick allen who passed away yesterday the 1972 american league mvp but that's all i got today herbie yeah uh rest in peace to dick allen and uh he life well lived there should be a hall of famer and i think he'll get that call posthumously in a couple days 
also wanted to mention that a programming note, we will be recording with Sean Evans from Hot Ones yes. next Monday. And I don't know when we're going to be releasing that episode because the news is coming fast and furious. But next Monday, we will be recording with Hot Ones' Sean Evans. He's a White Sox fan, huge White Sox fan. I played softball, softball with him like two or three times. Pretty good at that. So be looking forward to that episode, too. Joe Colley episode dropping later on tonight is awesome. It's the best one of the two. Like, if you like number one, 100% listen to number two because we get into the real weeds, and he gives us those great stories like Tanny just told you. So for Chris Tannehill, at Chris Tannehill on Twitter, me, Herb Lawrence, EctorWall23 on Twitter. The show is at Locked on Socks on Twitter and Instagram. Want to email us, LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. And a bunch of you guys are already doing it before we even solicited. There's so many people pissed off about this Adam Eaton signing. So for Chris Tannehill, my name is Herb Lawrence. Thank you for listening to this emergency episode. <laughs> emergency oh my God. <laughs> of Locked On Socks. <laughs>